everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Nerd Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we interview young entrepreneurs around the globe in order for you to learn and get inspired to turn your own ideas into reality. I'm your host, Dan, and today I am as thrilled as ever to share yet another exciting startup story with you. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome, and uh, thanks for taking the time, Marco. I would like to start the interview uh, focusing on the projects that you did. We've talked a little bit before, and it's not just one startup you have been working on, but you, you have a couple of, or there's been a development uh, with different projects. Maybe you can start at the beginning, telling us who you are, you know, where you come from, did you study? What did you do before uh, going on this journey, this entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So I'm Marco. I come from Ticino, as you can hear from my <laughs> funny accent. The lovely accent. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I did my studies at the Heisge when I yeah. did my bachelor degree there. And actually, it's where I met my business partner. After that, I gained some experience working in corporate, mainly in banking. And then um, I went to Paris to do my master degree. After that, uh, I, I didn't know what to do. And after a Skype call with my friend Paolo, uh, we were talking about, yeah, we should do something together. And that's how, how the, everything started. So we started with the first project, was a social business. We found inspiration while we were traveling South America in Bolivia. So we saw that there are so many problems outside Switzerland that should be addressed and we can do something about that. So that's why we started Project Aqua. So Project Aqua was a um, social business. When we set up the project in a very short time, we did a um, pilot test with Migros in Ticino. It was very successful and the concept was to give people the opportunity here in Switzerland to share what they bought with somebody in a developing country. So okay. we call this the micro-sharing. And after this adventure, we had we went through different stage, different uh, experience, and we shifted and we started to work at Re-Coffee, which is a cold brew coffee. We started together this project with our mentor one years ago, and uh, right now is we are working on that full-time since uh, one year. Okay. Yeah. So. Just you, you named a couple of words of technical words that people who don't know the startup world uh, might not understand. Yeah. You said uh, you started with a pilot, so that's not an airplane pilot. Obviously, that is like a, like a test uh, prototype or a small version of what would someday be a big version, um, right? I mean, yeah. So that's more or less a pilot. And you started with Migro, which is the the uh, one of the biggest grocery stores chains actually in Switzerland, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I you told me about this this concept, and how how does that happen? You know, how in that previous project, how could someone share something that they bought with someone in the developing world? Yeah. How concretely did that work? I think that's. A very interesting approach that you took there the micro sharing approach exactly 
So to come back, what you say, the pilot, the pilot was really a, a test that we we set up in a really short amount of time to actually prove our idea and to see that our idea had a market potential mm-hmm. for migros and for the end consumers. Yeah. And the idea that we had of the micro sharing was very simple. So we wanted, as I said, to give the people the opportunity to share what they bought here in Switzerland with a person in Africa with a minimum amount, a small amount, making a great impact. So how it exactly worked, we had a sticker on two products of Migros and the um, client could go to the shop, take the bottle with the la- uh, with our label on it the water bottle, right? Water bottle, yeah. Yeah, it was a gazzosa, so a typical Ticino yeah. beverage. Peel off the sticker, and we had two barcodes. When the consumer peeled off the sticker, and he did the che- checkout by the cashier, he paid automatically 20 cents more, the bottle. Yeah. And thanks to these 20 cents, we could, uh, wor- we could finance water project in Mali, together with our partnership, uh, that we did with Alvetas, so the biggest NGO in Switzerland that's working on the water topic. Yeah. And with these 20 cents, we were able to give uh, 47 days of drinking water for a person in Mali. Wow, 47 days. Yeah, exactly. That is a huge impact with a very small action. Yeah, and that's, that's what the micro sharing is. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have many ideas? Uh, and chose that from a bunch of ideas or did you have that a similar idea very you know in the beginning and went that way or how did how did that happen because many you know many viewers and listeners they they have they might have an idea per day and they don't know how to choose you know they, they're not sure which one to choose how, how did you go about that for that first project so it was simple as I said before this day that Paolo, uh, I talked with Paolo and we said well, we should do something together. Mm. Actually, he was doing his last exchange semester of the university in Lisbon. And I said to him, yeah, you're there doing the exchange semester. I finished with everything. I'm just coming there, moving there with you. Everybody, the both of us had a lot of ideas, a list. And we say, okay, we are just going to our list and see what we can do and we find out. We have six months time to find an idea that we are passionate about yeah. and we want to go for it. And then once we were there, it was very funny because this idea, it was in neither of our list. So yeah. we knew that we wanted to do something in, in the in direction of social business. But Paolo was enrolled in a social business class mm-hmm. at the Nova Business School and uh, as we say they had to develop a social business yeah. an idea and then present it to the class and I start to I like the topic so I start to go to the university with him in this class and I joined the group yeah. and this idea came up yeah. and we say okay this is a cool idea and then we just started to think okay uh, do we know somebody that can help us realize this and after a while we say yeah we know this person this person this person is perfect so we went back from Portugal to Switzerland for one week. We did yeah. meeting with bank for financing, with uh, governmental institution also for financing, with a bottled water producer and with Migros. And then when we flew back, we had all the meeting done and we got the financing, we got the client. And then <laughs> after the adventure in Lisbon, we came back and in January, 
we started the project. Yeah. It sounds very, you know, simple, <laughs> no problem. It was it did you know someone in all of these, you know, institutions or did you because I mean, calling up a bank for a normal citizen or you know for someone who's never done that is quite a big deal. Who do you call? What's and who do you call at the biggest grocery store in your in your country? Yeah. So regarding the bank we had a contact because I worked there so yeah. I just went back to the people when I work with yeah. and we had this idea I knew that they it's the Tessiner Cantonal Bank so they support regional projects, projects yeah. and uh, on the other side uh, a friend of ours was the son of the owner of the bottle producer so we, we had direct contact yeah. to them yeah. what was funny is that uh, the bottle, bottle water producer told us, yes, we, we would like to do it, but you have to convince one of the big retailer in Ticino yeah. to, join, to join the project. So we did the pitch. Actually, with Migros, we didn't do the, the pitch that week. We came back, and two weeks after, we had to pitch to Migros. And we said, okay, we are not flying back from Lisbon to pitch Migros. And we did the pitch via phone. So we sent them the slide, and <laughs> we were like, okay... Now slide one, blah, 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 blah. Okay, in slide two, and we did the pitch by phone, and Migros told us, yes, we will get back to you, and to let you know, after two weeks, they get back to us and say, we wanna do it. Wow. So we started, and the fun part is that we set up everything, and two weeks before the launch, of the product to the market, the bottle butter producer told us, I don't want to do it anymore. No way. So we were like, okay, we are not even starting yet. And, and we are dead because Migros just put the product on the shelf, but the, is it actually the, the producer that had to put the sticker and all this work? So what happened? Migros told us, don't worry guys, we find a solution. So Migros introduced us to the Gazzosa producer and from there it started everything. So the, the, the real good part was to convince Migros Ticino to do that, yeah, yeah. to do the project. Wow. And I mean, you gave water to a lot of people in developing countries yeah. uh, with that. So thanks to uh, our project, we gave access to, to water for a village of 330 people for more than four years. Wow, so that's amazing. So with just these months of test. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank it's, you. It's what an achievement, really. Really, that, I mean, social business, you know, helping helping uh, other people, really, and that being that the focus. Um, success already in the pilot. Yeah. How, uh, how come it changed to, to, or it evolved into the project that you're doing now? What, what's the story there? So, um, the second part that really helped us a lot was that after this pilot, we were selected to participate at the Kickstart Accelerator that actually took place in here in this building like two years ago in summer. And it was very cool. We, there were more than 800 startups that participated and just 30 actually came here to Zurich to do the Kickstart. We were the only social business that we were very proud about that. Yeah. And we said, okay, we had a great result with Migros Ticino. We were in the food vertical, Migros and Coop, main sponsor. We say, okay, like this, we are going to scale it all over Switzerland in these three months. It's going to be amazing. 
The fact is that it didn't happen. <laughs> so we had a lot of discussion with Migros, with Coop. Then we try to adapt our concept in different sectors. So we try to pitch to energy provider, we pitch to banks, we pitch to logistic providers. So thanks to being part of this accelerator, we could really reach a lot of corporate in Switzerland. And we, we kept going for one year. We went also abroad. We went back to Lisbon to pitch the idea of micro-sharing uh, at the Migros of Portugal. Yeah. And after one year, we, we were not able to find a client. So for us, the client were the big corporate that wanted to replicate this project on a bigger yeah. scale. Yeah. So what happened with our mentor that we had here at the Kickstarter? He had this idea about, he had, he invented a patent together with a Zetave professor mm -hmm. on how to, um, how we say, to process coffee, to have cold brew coffee in a very efficient way. So we are able to produce this coffee in a better way, so more aromas and on a, an industrial scale. He pitched us the idea and we say, yeah, it could be very cool. We have to think about it. And after, yeah, five, six months, we said, okay, we can bring all the know-how that we had, the partnership with Alvetas, the experience that we gained working with Migros and bringing this project. Mm. So we, we implemented the micro-sharing in our own product. Yeah. So right now, if you buy um, a bottle of free coffee, mm -hmm. you automatically support the construction of water uh, water cistern yeah, yeah. in uh, in Ethiopia, mm -hmm. who is actually the country where we source our coffee. So we are fair trade certificate, but on top of that, we still work together with Alvetas to help solve the water problem in Ethiopia. Yeah, and where can people? I mean, we're, we're mm -hmm. talking about the concrete product. Where can people? find that online right now or? yeah so the um, the easiest way to find it if you are here in Switzerland is in our website so re uh, bindestrich coffee yeah uh, ch and uh, you can have delivery to your own very easily and on the other side we are right we are right now building all the sales channels so it's yeah. a really uh, long uh, long work yeah and uh, it's just a matter of time that we will we will be in many many different point of sale at the moment we are like more than 30s wow mainly yeah. in the uh, east part of switzerland because recoffee has the the companies there in sangalen and what we aim is then this year really try to focus on small point of sale in order to prove that our that cost consumers want and like our product and then the goal is next year be listed in a big uh, retail chain in Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds amazing. I, I hope this will succeed. I hope the plan will succeed. How do you deal or how did you deal with uncertainty? I mean, especially in the beginning, but I guess it's, it's there all year round. Yeah. How do you personally deal with that high level of uncertainty that also people who just have an idea and want to start out are feeling? And I think that every entrepreneur feels most yeah. of the time. How do you deal with that? So I think that um, 
maybe something that helped us a lot is that we started just after university so your living style and your standard are already pretty low yeah. so it's easy to survive with small budget and with not a, not a lot of money you don't have a lot of responsibilities because you don't have family you don't have other stuff to take care of so on this side there is uncertainty but you are on a safe side um, what what I, what I think is very important is the the people would you are working with because if you if you work with the right people it's much easier to uh, go through this uncertainty especially when the moments are not going too good it's good to have a team of people that work together and still stay focused on the way to go forward mm. and really this helped to uh, overcome the uncertainty and what I think it's really really important that you have to put yourself like the limit and you say yeah that's the maximum time that I wanna go in this this is the minimum that I need to earn to survive and I think especially on the emotional side it's very very hard at the beginning and it depends also on how you're living the whole adventure but if you have fun and you you're doing with the right people then it's much more easy yeah i think those two keywords at the end it's important to have fun while doing it even if it goes up and down and the right people i mean it for you even it's it's not it was not a big team right it was it was your friend yeah and that's already a team right yeah. so i think that's very important how can someone who's just starting out or who has an idea actively reduce the risk of an idea failing or a product failing what what can that person do to you know reduce the risk step by step and finding out more you know who are the customers etc what yeah. what did you do or what would you recommend so i think that the um, the easiest thing is really to when you have the, your idea to start to brainstorm okay who can help you mm -hmm. to make this idea happen how you can get there so how much money do you need who can help you what is the best setup and especially at the beginning I try that try try out things fast it's very important mm -hmm. so really see if there is market potential of it if people want to buy your product for example project Tarpa, we set up the project in like two months and then we were three months and we were, we were already ready to go so really fast and especially at the beginning if you can uh, you have to run it cheap mm -hmm. so so then you don't invest a lot of money to test the first big assumption and then once the first big assumption are tested you can say okay right now it's time to put maybe my full-time energy in it it's time to get on board investor or um, take money from external part to really make all the machines start running yeah what was your big assumption at the beginning so our big assumption was that people who wanted actually to share what they buy and that's what we yeah. wanted to test that went very well so we had very amazing results from the pilot how, the, how did you how did you test that concretely so we we couldn't compare how many bottles were sold with or without sticker yeah. 
So more than during this month, more than 70% of the bottle were sold without sticker. So a lot yeah. of people participated in that. And uh, what we underestimated was that the corporate actually wanted our product. So Migros, since the beginning, told us we want to do it. So we didn't see this as a problem. But then when we wanted to scale big, we actually faced this problem to see, okay, the, the final customer actually like the idea, want to do it, but who has to put the money? So the corporate, they were not willing to do that. So we didn't find our customer at the yeah. end, our paying customer. Yeah. Yeah, the paying customer who, I mean, isn't it the final person who drinks the water that pays more? Yeah, but we gave 100% of the 20 cents to Elvetas. Mm -hmm. So our business model was based on the fact that Migros or the other corporate had to pay for this marketing slash corporate social responsibility services. Yeah. So because we, we generated, we proved that we generated an increase of sales and uh, um, good uh, an image improvement mm -hmm. for the corporate. So that was our selling point to the corporate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why did you choose this uncertain way? I mean, you studied at the university, uh, you could go into banking, uh, you did an internship there, right? Yeah. Uh, why did you go this uncertain way? People say, right, it's the startup way is the uncertain way uh, in some sort. Why did you go this way? So I, I always wanted to do something by my own. So that was something that I already had in myself and especially during my last year of studies in the master it's something that grew a lot I started to go at entrepreneurship conferences I did entrepreneurship classes so it was really something that was starting to grow up in me and uh, then of course what I think the biggest driver was to do something good so to, to create a social business was the biggest driver that pushed me to go in this way and uh, I worked in banking for more than one year uh, in small bank and big bank and uh, after a while I soon realized that was that was not the environment right for me and where I wanted to pursue my career yeah. so I prefer also right now I prefer to do my own thing and decide what is really important, what are my value, who to work with, mm. instead just to find a well-paid job and take a lot of compromises. Yeah. You just mentioned uh, social business. It's very, it's very important. Can you, what, what does social business mean to you? Because it's a fairly new concept. It's not totally new. But for, for a lot of people, it might be very new. What is social business for you? So for me, social business is, is putting a, a strong focus of your company in doing something good mm -hmm. and integrate this in your business model and create a business model that is sustainable by itself. So not like an NGO, then you have to, um, to ask money, donation, Mm -hmm. to go forward but yeah. for me social business really create a business that has a good impact in the world and it's one of the main driver of the company but on the same time 
you are building a sustainable business that can grow and create economic and social uh, return. Yeah. Yeah. So the main difference to a traditional business is the strong focus on this, the good part, doing yeah. good. This can be different things, right? It can be uh, for the environment, for whatever, right? For yeah, exactly. If I understand it correctly. Okay. How do you, I mean, we talked before, there's ups and downs, as you said, it can be really hard. How do you keep the motivation up in times of struggles for yourself personally? So, of course, what, uh, what helped me a lot, going back to the social business part, is thinking of the social impact that you generate. Yeah, so course. probably probably when the motivation is low and you're feeling, oh, everything's not working well, then you think, okay, but no matter what, I'm improving, I'm helping to improving people's lives in the developing countries. Mm. And this can help you a lot on the motivation. And from time to time, I always like to think about my journey. So what, what I achieved so far, what I did, and this also helps a lot when you say okay until right now i did this i had bad moments and i know that it's going to be better moments so it's better look forward on a positive way and keep going until uh, you reach your goal yeah what are what are you know if you look back on your journey do you have any story about uh, some big struggles that you have some you have any examples yeah, so as I already said before, one of the first problems that we had was really when this bottle producer said no at the beginning. That was really hard because we were ready to start, but bam. I can it was, imagine. Wow. It was the end before, before the start. The start. <laughs> that was a really hard moment. It was like, I think, two weeks. It was very, very hard. And then it just get it get also hard when we get a lot of no. So all the sales pitches that we did, we started to get no. We don't want to do it. No, we don't want to do it. And it started to get very, very frustrating. And then we found we found the energy to shift. So we still wanted to work with Elvetas to help people in in Africa. And we say, yeah, we can still doing it in another way it's mm. not our way the way that we taught in the beginning but we can still doing it still doing it so this was also very a very uh, challenging moment that we have to say okay we have yeah. to give up project aqua as we know it and redirect it in another direction yeah 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 P pivoting can be hard yeah uh, but i see you did it uh, and it's a, I guess it's a learning experience, right? Yeah, and, uh, definitely. To kill the, they say to kill your baby, or, or just change it, exchange it for for another one. Yeah, it's a hard thing. Did you ever ask yourself, if you're, if you're the right one to do this? If you're, you know, isn't there maybe another person who has forty years of startup experience in social business that could do it better than you? Do you ever have that? These questions. I mean, maybe right now that I look back, I can see that we were very unexperienced when we started. We didn't know 
a lot of things that right now I learned during the last uh, three years. Mm. And sometimes, of course, you ask yourself, yeah, it would have been better if I had this and this, but I think that Paul and myself gave 200%, 300% of this project. We did everything that we could have done. And of course, if we were, if we were have been senior people with many years of experience, it could have been better on one side, but maybe on the other side, we could have not profit of this young image of young people that wanted to change things. And what I, I always think that it could be good is that maybe someone later on will take our idea that didn't work and maybe with this knowledge, with this network, it could maybe bring again to life uh, the initial idea of Project Taco and the micro-sharing. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with, with this one point you say, especially I agree with it, uh, you know, it's maybe even good to be young and inexperienced because you know someone with more experience might say this will not work uh, and you know being young you don't know this or and you you still try and you make it work somehow so i think this it's a mindset right uh, yeah. a lot of people are going to say no or a lot of people are going to say why why should you be successful you have no idea how to do it but that might even be an advantage so how did you gather during that during that period you were working on these projects, was there any way you were gathering additional information and knowledge uh, than, than just by the way of, of doing it, learning by doing? Or was it especially that, just through the work on these projects that you learned the most? Yes, yeah, so definitely, uh, as you say, learning by doing, it's very, very important for me. So we. A lot of the know-how that uh, we gained during the university studies, you then put it into practice and you see a lot of stuff that maybe are just theory, how it works in the real life. So the, the background, I think that helped us a lot. And uh, what I found really, really helpful was to talk with people. So one of the first thing that we learned is that you don't have to keep your idea just for yourself. Don't just thinking on your own and whatever but with every people that you know just pitch the idea uh, try to convince them and see what are their feedback so you can learn a lot from these people also maybe senior people they can give you advice you have to be open for advice they can redirect you to other people then maybe they can help you that's that happened a lot with yeah. us so they say yeah I cannot help you but this person, you should talk with this person that it can, can be useful to you. And uh, what I, I, I think it also helped us a lot, it was, for example, the Kickstart Accelerator. We had mm. amazing workshop in all different kind of topics, B2B sales, uh, financial modeling, um, venture capital, and also talk to investor. I, I think it's, it helps you a lot because it brings, especially we were being a social business, so strong focus on the social side. Mm -hmm. Talking to investor, it brings you more, okay, you should also focus on the business model and generate revenue that then you can support your growth and the growth of your company. Yeah. How was this talking to investors? Um, maybe venture capitalists, I don't know, or maybe that was too big. 
Um, because as I have experienced it, investors have a strong focus on return on investment. Yeah. And a social business has not only the profit on financial return on investment, but also social return on investment. Yeah. How, how was this conversation? How was it for you? Uh, was there any conflict there? Or was it hard to get them to talk to you? Yeah, the, the fact is that being a social business, you're like in a, in a great zone. You have like, as you mentioned, VCs and normal investor that they mainly look for return on investment. So you are out of their scope mm. because of course you're not going to generate a, the biggest return on investment ever because for you it's also important than social return on investment. And on the other side, you have a foundation or governmental institution yeah. that they give money to non-for-profit organization. So yeah. you're saying, okay, you're doing good, but you're aiming also for profit, generating revenues for sustaining your growth. So you, you cannot have our money. So you are in the gray area and you don't know where to get the money. And the fact is that, uh, as, as it's called impact investing, it's gaining a lot of um, interest here in Switzerland. So you, you land in this niche of investor that they really want to invest in social business, impact investment. And most of the people are uh, business angel that instead doing philanthropy, they say we want to invest money in company that they do good, but they can grow. And then actually with my investment, the re social return on investment is going to multiply over the time. Yeah. So I'm just picking up a, on, on a few uh, technical terms. Again, a, a business angel is a private person who has amassed some kind of money and is investing privately in different uh, Yeah, social businesses, for example, or other businesses. So these are, what are the sums that we are speaking of uh, with business angels, more or less? How much would you say, you know, if someone's looking for money for a certain amount, who should so, go to a business so angel? I, I would say that, that a business angel, depending on how much money, as you say, do they have, but I, I can think that they can go from 50,000 to half a million. Yeah. It depending on the capital that th this person has and how much you want to invest. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, we're not there yet, right? Uh, but in case you want to have money after that, if, if you want to raise money, you go to, to the VCs. Yeah. Or is there any step in between? The venture capitalists are usually the ones bringing the big money. Yeah. I, if you have a um, traditional business model, so uh, what I said, it's mainly for social business. I think that if you, uh, if you have a traditional business model, you can go up to one million uh, investment from a business angel. I think that okay. that could, could work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who do you think should, be, should build a business of their own? Do you think it's something for everyone? Do you think it's... Would you recommend it if someone asked you? And if you would recommend it, What are the three reasons you would recommend it for? Yeah. So I think that it's it's a very nice experience. I will I it's not something for everyone. So it depending on your value, what you need and what you really want. And uh, in any case, I think that it's something that everyone should try in their life and I really person that like to do experience and I think that this is one of the 
amazing experience that I ever done in my life and uh, the reason to do it is because you learn a lot you meet amazing people that like you are pursuing their dreams and in my case if you want to do social business then you have a very positive impact in our world that I think for me was the main reason to go and to go through this uh, social business adventure yeah if you could ask if you look at your your own story what would the main learnings be that you have gathered from it for yourself so the, the biggest learning I will say if, if you go in this path it's to never give up but one of the analogy that I, I like a lot that I always bring up at the end of presentation or discussion I like to to do an analogy with doing a startup and like surfing so and so for me like you have to be able to to size opportunity and see opportunity so I see opportunity like waves and you have to be in the right place at the right moment and what is really important you have to have the right skill set to when this opportunity come to paddle in stand up and enjoy the ride and that's for me something very important that the skill set that you have to have it's very important it's not just being in the right place at the right moment but have the right skill set to actually make things happen yeah all right i think that's a powerful learning for everyone thank you so much for taking your time um, for this interview i wish you all the best it's uh people can can reach you on the website right www dot re-coffee.ch exactly if they want to uh, try out your your cold brew coffee please visit uh, the website uh, viewers and listeners and check it out and yeah all the best thank you very much it was a pleasure and i hope that i will bring some interesting point to the viewers and i'm i'm sure of it <laughs> i'm sure of it thanks so much thank you too Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nerd Entrepreneurs Podcast. Be sure to visit nerdentrepreneurs.com to access the show notes, read about our next episode, and join a community of like-minded entrepreneurs. If you like the Nerd Entrepreneurs Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time.